tale of the tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all! Guys, we're here on the podcast with the UFCs and Next Generation Liverpool's own Molly McCann. Super stoked to have her here. I was trying. i actually been trying for quite a while. Yeah. Um, a year. <laughs> yeah, about a year. Um, she's finally here for our Next Generation 25, NG25 anniversary, and uh, finally got her to sit down. I know. Thank you for having me, boss. I'm super, super excited for this. Um, let's Let's go back before you started... MMA training. Yep. You were boxing. I was boxing. I was actually a professional soccer player. So I used to play for Liverpool Football Club and I was too small. I was so small, Chris. I was about 112 pounds. Like pissed wet through, like that's a saying in Liverpool that we say. <laughs> and um, people just pushed me off the ball and my coach said, go and try boxing. Because in Liverpool you play football or you box or do MMA now right and then I went to boxing gym and they wouldn't let me in so every day I keep knocking on the door knocking on the door please gonna come in today no no girls please today no no girls girls. yeah no girls and then I just used to watch through the window Chris and I was just imitating them outside and then one day the coach said I've got a mouthpiece and he said I said yeah he said all right come on come in you're sparring him and I was like right okay and um, it'll be like you, sometimes you're just born with it. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you're born with something that can't be taught. And I think I've got, a, I was born with probably a chip on my shoulder and just a bit of like. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and with, uh, you said no, so I'm going to prove to sure. you. And um, anyway, I dropped the, the guy with a body shot and I was like, yes, like I just won a world title. And he said to me, you're the only girl I'm ever, who's ever been allowed in this gym. And from now on, you're the only girl who's allowed in this gym. So then I was walking around Liverpool like Paddy the Baddy. I was like, I am the champ, do you know what I mean? And, right. Um, did, did you have boxing training before you went in there? No. Or you just naturally were throwing no, hands and no, landing I, a body shot? I was just saying, actually, in that, that PT session with Will, I started when I was younger, uh, karate and Thai boxing. And the reason for that was I watched every single Bruce Lee movie um, I had is the first book I ever bought was um, Bruce Lee's autobiography. And then I had every VHS and I just used to watch his movements. And my uncle John used to say like the best one for philosophy that he ever released was Enter the Dragon. And he was like, if you just listen to what he says, and just listen and it like the famous be like water my friend quote and there's so many quotes in that film and then i remember like jackie chan was in it for a for, for a millisecond and then i started watching jackie chan and then i was watching jet lee and it was all this golden harvest prom- production all these different uh what's his name what there was chow young fat there was just so many like asian fat movie stars right. who, who made martial arts and philosophy just so cool so I've, i always tried that but i could never get fights and i was an aggressive kid so there wasn't any girls who wanted to compete so i was like so that's why i went to soccer how old were you when you started playing soccer and why are you calling it soccer because you're people football <laughs> uh, football footy but um 40. yeah i was playing football i think i started that 
13. Okay. I was a late bloomer to everything. Um, 13 to 20. 13 to 15 was amateur. 16 to, to 20 was professional. And um, I loved boxing and I loved football, but nothing could keep... I've got like ADHD to the, to the highest form and nothing could keep me settled and I couldn't keep... I'd get bored because the second I knew something and could do it, I'm outdo that person. It was like, oh, well, what's the point? So you clearly have a, a high athletic ability. If you started soccer that late and ended up playing for Liverpool, you started boxing that late and were ready to be, you were a professional? Or uh, you... Well, I done. I won the national championships on, on two fights. So like, I've gone in as a 18 year old, never had a senior bout. And I was fighting women who were like in the thirties, who were like British army, um, armed forces, police. Um, because everyone has like, in England, the way it's distributed, it would be like states, like right. in America, and then you, the, the army has their own team, the police have their own team, and the navy have their own team. And you're like, it's like brackets, you filter all the way to the end. And then when you win the national championships, you're given a card to go and box for the te national team. But when I got my card, as I say, I my weight category wasn't added to the, the London 2012 games. So I thought, I'm not gonna do something that I'm not going to be the best at because um, it's a waste of my passion and my time. And um, Boxing's not easy, but, I mean, it's just two hands. Do you right. know what I mean? Right. And I just felt like, oh, I don't know, I've done that now. So I just felt like I was ticking things off the the, the list. And right. then I joined university. I got an injury. I tore um, the free ligaments in my ankle three times. So, tore them in soccer, football, came back, tore them again, came back, tore them again, and I just, I never had the same desire to play. All of them while playing soccer? Yeah, mm. it was the same, I was just, I twisted inside, and then once the, well, you'll know from ankle locks and heel hooks that once a knee or an ankle goes, it's very hard to, to get it back to what it was. And then I went to university to be a PE teacher, ah, a high school or a professional coach so the degree took you to you could have either one whichever one you wanted and in my final year when I was writing my thesis in England it's called a dissertation but in America it's called a thesis and I watched I was training boxing here and there playing football here and there at university but I really got into alcohol and Going out, getting drunk. <laughs> obviously, well, I don't think I really. I was into soccer. I was into this, and I I really got into alcohol. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> is that a sport as well? <laughs> well, I'm the kind of girl who, whatever I put my name to, I'm going to be the best at Chris. So <laughs> it was like, oh, I've never drunk before because I've been. I'm going to be the best in the world at this. To having a real resentful behaviour towards. I felt like I was stole. Like I was robbed of my chance to go to an Olympics. Right. I was robbed of my chance of playing football because big sluggish women just didn't tackle me, the ball, they tackled me. And I, I was just really angry. And we had had a couple of deaths in my immediate family. Like within three years, six people had died. And I was just angry at the world. I didn't know how to express myself in a positive, constructive way. It was all self-sabotage, I suppose. And I discovered alcohol and 
um, recreational drugs and I was just living what I thought at the time was the absolute best life. life. Like, whoa, what's this? And then two days after I'd be like, what have I done? Why did I do that? I've let everyone down. But I was in this cycle where I actually didn't really care about anyone else and I was just living for the high. And then I remember... um, How long did that go on? About two years, like freshman year. And then the, the set, like in college, in our college, you go for three. Mm-hmm. Is it three years here as well? Yeah. For So we have three years here in England. PJ knows I didn't go to school, so he held up a four yeah. for me just, <laughs> just in case I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I even got into university. Well, we call it university, but you guys call it college. But I, I mean, like the life that I come from, like I had parents who were like drug addicts. I was in care, out of care. Like I was like passed around different family members were looking after me so for me to not be a raging lunatic is like a miracle to be fair so I, I I'm always trying to learn and I was always learning to be the correct person and do the correct thing but it was a lot of trial and error and there was a point when I just finished second year at college and I got a I signed up to go on a missionary to Africa and out of like there was 6,000 applicants and only six six people got to go and it was five men and me as the woman oh, wow. and the reason I got to go was because it didn't matter if it was all men it was whoever was best fit for the job got to go but I from where I'm from it's heavy gang violence I've grew up around that in the area that I'm from I'd seen absolutely everything that there is to see growing up and I just, I remember in the interview saying, I just want to learn humility and understand how privileged and lucky we are, even though I haven't come from that. I'm not living in a third world country. And I had played sport at the highest level. So in Africa, it was working for Special Olympics, which I think um, Eugene Kennedy, um, JFK's sister, I think set up. I think it was here anyway. And she set the Special Olympics up, which is the Olympics for people with special educational needs. So in the morning, I would go out in Namibia to different schools with people who were unable to do able-bodied sports, and I'd teach soccer. Now, but if you can imagine, I've gone into Namibia where most of these children have never seen white people, let alone people who speak like me. Where are you? Namibia. Okay. So if you can imagine South Africa's there, Namibia literally looks like that. So there's South Africa and it just just okay. clicks in there. And these kids, I'm like, right, so where's the uh, where's the equipment to teach the the soccer? And they was going, Oh, oh, we don't have any and I was like, Right, so you want me to teach these kids who can't understand me, so you would use sport as the language. It'd be right. like you, I imagine when you've been to Brazil and around the world, if they can't understand you when you're teaching air speaking you just have to teach and show them sure. the movements because sport is universal isn't it and they were no we've got nothing so i was like oh the friggin hell no ball was, no ball <laughs> so this little imagination the add was like and we was on a mud field so i was like everyone put your finger in the air like this give me a wave and all the kids like this is like right draw a soccer ball on the floor like this so then we had our imaginary ball. I was like, right, 
if a defender's coming to get you, we're going to do a turn and drag the ball away from them. So I just had them doing like step overs, pretend drag backs. And then we got a load of elastic bands and made a big ball and like nice. played with them like that. And um, we couldn't even, there was like a, a goal, but it was broke. So we ended up just going to buy like loads of like electrical duct tape at laces and doing everything we could to make a structure to play and I do feel like we wasn't prepped on that on purpose to see right what are you made of then what can right. you do so always being able to like break down barriers and try and, and do that thing but the reason why I'm telling you this story is when I was in Africa I realized what I've got going on back at home I'm at university, I'm learning this, but I've actually achieved quite a lot in sport. Sure. And it's, am I gonna be this person who goes to a bar and goes, oh, I used to be a national champion, I used to play, or am I really gonna regret this in 10 years time? So when I came back to Liverpool, it was the summer of the 2012 Olympic Games in London, and like Olympic fever was high. You know what it's like in America when you, these gold medals are coming oh, yeah. home and like everyone's like, let's go. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I need to do something here. So I, I went to Next Gen a couple of times because one of your, I know you graded him, Chris Fishgold. Oh, yeah. He was a friend of mine, and you remember a guy called Dean Garnett. Mm -hmm. He was on the college the college course. I was on, he was on the same course. And they went, come down our gym whenever you want. And Danny Roberts was like, come down to our gym. And I came in, Chris and I had a look, and I was like, I just, Jiu-Jitsu was literally full of like, like bald men who were like this and literally looked like they was all on steroids. I thought there's no place for me here. Right. So I left and then the next year I'm in a bar and it's really funny how these people always come into the story of my life. But I was in a bar and Chris Fishgold was a bouncer on the door and I'm being a bit of a dick cause I'm drunk. And he <laughs> goes, right, you're going home cause you're too drunk, Molly. Um, there's a woman fighting in the UFC tonight to go and watch this fight. So I went home and like, I shouldn't say this, but probably illegally streamed this this fight because it wasn't on in the UK. Dana doesn't mind. Yeah, he doesn't mind anymore. <laughs> and um, well, for me anyway, I'll probably be the exception. But I've watched Ronda fight Liz and I was, was so- that first, that was the, the first, first one, right? first championship fight. Yeah. February 23rd, 2013. And it was like, I remember watching these two women walk out and Liz Carmouche has actually took Ronda's back mm -hmm. and dislocated her jaw. And I was like, what? Because like Ronda was the hype train. Right. And I was like, I watched the, the countdown on Liz Carmouche and it was like that she, I can't remember if she's in the military, the Navy or the Marine, but right. it's one of them, like National Service. And I just looked at her and she was yoked and I thought, Jacked. yeah, Super I'm like, what? As if women... How are you, like, that's discipline. Yeah. And it doesn't look like steroids, that just looks like hard work because yeah. she's still petite and tiny. And then Ronda's like this like, Californian blonde hair just looks like the million dollar girl. And then Ronda just turns it round, sna snaps that arm, and I thought, wow, can I do that? So at this time I'm drunk and I've emailed Paul Rimmer. It's like <laughs> 5 a.m. in the morning in England. At, and it's really funny because this, this email's gone quite like viral. And I was like, hey, Paul, it's me, Molly. 
um, is Rosie Sexton still at the gym? Because you'll remember Rosie. Oh, yeah. She she was the first UFC fighter from England to, to be a female in the UFC. Yeah. Does she still train? If so, I want to be like that Ronda Rousey. I'll be in tomorrow. So I remember Chris... That was like 5 a.m. At 10 a.m. I had a shift at Subway, the sandwich shop. Obviously, that's where the name comes from. I was working, making sandwiches, and I've the, gone in. I was going to ask that question yeah. today. Yeah, where did so meatball come from? The meatball <laughs> comes from, I used to, Paul give me after I started training, but I went into Subway, and I was still a bit half-caught, and I was like, I've just seen this. I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this. And everyone's like, oh, my God. All right, she's just drunk. Right. And then I went to college, and I've gone into my lecturers and the tutors. I've said, I'm not coming back. Now, I had like six months left. And they go, you've paid how many dollars, like thousands and thousands of dollars to do this course. Why aren't you going to come and finish it? I said, I'll finish it from home, but I'm not coming in anymore. And he went, why? I said, I'm going to do UFC. So I didn't even know it was called MMA at the time. I was like, I'm going to go and do that UFC. I'm going to be like Ronda Rousey. And I went left college never went back went into my first class and Paul Rimmer went in honour of Ronda Rousey and while you've come in the gym I'm going to teach you a double leg into an arm bar now Chris anything I've put my mind to I've completed and I've done it with flying colours but this I had no I was like uh, like right. I like I had the aggression so I could shoot in on that double leg and I had that double leg but the finesse and the from not just doing ex extension and punching, and it was like pull, push, pull, spin. I was like, what the f is this? And I was like, I'm in. I went, Paul, he went, <laughs> he sat me down. He's like, right, what's your, your goals for doing this? I was like, I want to be like him and him. So I'm pointing at Fishy, Chris Fish God, I'm pointing at Paddy the Baddy. I want to be like them. I want to be a world champion, and I want to be in the UFC. And then that is how the MMA started. That was what year? 2013 oh it was the day after so it was the 24th of february 2013 so 10 years ago last month okay and then did you have any amateur fights i only had three, three. because it'd be like yourself like i don't probably think you even had any did you, you just we didn't have amateur yet but like pro. lucas only did three also and then yeah. i was like well time to get paid no reason to get punched in the face for free i know i remember <laughs> it being like six weeks i, I remember sparring so next gen in england was probably pretty much like what it was well it would have been the same it was like i've arrived i think i can knock anyone out and take down beat to punch so it was a lot of character building for me it was sure i never got told how to get up i think there was a big thing where paul wanted to see what i could take and not in like a, a nasty way but women fighting wasn't a thing really and it's like if he's going to invest in this he, he needs to know that i'm not going to quit right so it was about two months before i really like in the spas don't get me wrong like in training you get taught this this and this but i'm joining the fight team after everyone knows how to get up everyone knows how to every different submission limbs getting taken off i remember paddy taking me one day taking me down and he's punching my head in and i'd like put my hand up and I remember he just slammed it to the floor and he went, never expose one limb. I was like, I don't know what you're going on about. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm just and trying then, to stop you from punching yeah, me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I just remember it was a lot of like trial and error. And that that worked to my detriment a little bit because I didn't learn wrestling and jujitsu in the correct manner because everyone was that far ahead of me. There was no time to teach me how to come back. I didn't have money to 
pay for one-to-ones because I was working, trying to go through college, pay for to live and pay to train and pay to, like, it was just a lot. So I'm just trying, I'm just right. trying. Uh, every day, Paul can fight, Paul can fight, Paul can fight him. If you want to get taken down and beat, be my guest. So anyway, first fight comes, like, just destroy the girl. But I knock her down, Chris, and she's hit the floor. And the video's me, I'm just standing over her like this, thinking it's boxing. Because, you know, if you hit the floor, you have to yeah. give someone a 10 count. Yeah. And I went, the, I looked at the referee and I went, so then I just like <laughs> ran in to finish the fight and it, I always remembered like I'd wore 10 and 12 ounce um, gloves to the box but when I had now them little fours yeah well <laughs> it was eight at first okay. for the amateur but for me I was still like I'm invincible second fight I thought um, you have like Pan Americans and championships where we have the Commonwealths mm-hmm. and the Commonwealth judo champion I went up against them. So in my mind, it's like Ronda Rousey. I'm fighting the Ronda Rousey of England. And she takes me down and she mounts me and I can just I can just hear my uncle and he's like, get them up. And like, it was like a woman possessed. I think she had hooks in and she was on my back and I just like got out. And then I just got up and I just thought, how dare you even think you can do that to me? Needs her in the face, she's just pancaked. And then the last amateur fight was on a Cage Warriors show. And um, I think Danny Roberts headlined Paddy, Adam. I think everyone from Next Gen was on the pro. Right. And I was like the last amateur fight. And I've just, I've beat this I broke my hand actually, I've still got the big bump there, punched us in the forehead, the face fight. And I was like, what am I gonna do? So then I just wrestled and I <laughs> I done MMA instead, <laughs> instead of sprawl and brawl. Right. And then that was it. Graham Boylan was like, we'll give you the contract with Cage Warriors now. Um, the contract never went through because they had a hiatus for about two years. And then I flew like, I flew out to America. I trained out here in a couple of different states. And then I met a guy called Myron in Detroit. And he went, I run XFC. We've got one in, in Michigan. We've got one in Brazil and one somewhere else. And I, he went, we're doing a round robin tournaments for a world title in your division do you want to be in like you'll be the wild card because you've only had one pro fight i went yeah so i just yeah. <laughs> yeah so i just flew to brazil on my own to go and fight this girl and absolutely punched her head and chris like i've walked in and you know that brazilian like they're they're all shouting like Vum, vam, oh, yeah. hate, like spitting on me throwing stuff on me like it was a hexagon and it was in a nightclub of five floors so if you can imagine, I'm walking in Everyone's and I'm stood there and everyone's giving it to me because I'm like this white girl from England and I've got like the St. George's, the English flag and I'm like walking through and they're like giving it all this, throwing shit on me and I was like, I was born for this. Like I am, but like you're not, you're not intimidating me. I was like, oh, come on, <laughs> on my own. Didn't take That's my crazy. coaches with me, do you know what I mean? Lost the decision, didn't, like, I mean, dropped the game, right. don't like... XFC had to take the video down, do you know what I mean? Because they was getting it, but fighting a girl from Sao Paulo in Sao Paulo, my own fault for not finishing the fight. When you know you're going to a different country sometimes, or yeah. or a different state, you know that you've got to finish them, don't you? So I, it was a learning lesson and I thought, I'm game, this is going to happen, especially with my style. It's like, if someone can negate my style, then it's going to be really hard for me to always win. 
So it's constant evolution and trying to learn from that. But then... Did you never fight in Cage Warriors? Yeah. Okay. I, um, I went back home. I went as oh, a Brimac. Because um, I took two years off from Next Gen because my stepfather got terminally ill and he lived a couple of hours away from Next Gen. So I moved there, nursed him to death, uh, tried to look after my mum and help her through her stuff. And then when she had finished with her grief, Paddy and Chris Fishgold both just won a world title. And my mum said, you can go back to Liverpool now. And then I had three fights under Next Gen in Cage Warriors and then I got the title shot. And it was so crazy because I was the main event and Paddy was the opening <laughs> of the main card because he had just lost the fight before against Nadne Romani. So do he was- you rub, Do you rub that in that you were the never, main event? Never, no, no. <laughs> No, because it's just like you'd be laughing at me now, won't you? Be like yeah. seven figure deal, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right, that lad. But um, no, I feel like whenever me and him fight, it was always a different energy in the arena. And he opened the card, set it off, and I shut it down. And I won the. Do you know what's a crazy thing? Five years to the day that I sent Paul Rimmer that email, I won the world title in Liverpool, headlining a arena. Little Molly, you know, who wasn't allowed in those gyms. Where were you? In Liverpool. At the... At Next Gen. I, I mean, no, the arena. Oh, the arena. It was in Liverpool. It was called... Yeah. Um, it's called the MS Bank Arena. Okay. Cool. And, um, yeah, so I was like, oh, my God. And then I won the bells. I think I'm the best person that there's ever been. And then three, four weeks later, I'm about... I was 72 kilo, so I fight at 56. So me and Pad, so me and Paddy are. You're like, on Paddy's diet. I was doing, yeah, I was, I was doing the Paddy. <laughs> I was doing the Paddy, and Chris, I was, I think I was like 10 pints deep. Started my life when I'm not in campus, still like a drink. And I was like standing there, and I was having this interview, and someone was like, "UFC is coming to Liverpool. Do you want to be on it?" And I kind of said, like, in that in my city, like, I don't need to beg. I'm not going to beg for a, a fight on that card. Like, I am the ta I'm not a seat at the table. I am a table. I've just headlined this arena. And um, Graham Boilerman and Paddy's manager goes, no, you're not on it. You're not on it. So I'm like, sound, I'll go and watch. I'll just keep living, the, living like I was never supposed to be a world champion. So I'm like, I'm living that life. And then I get a phone call. Molly, five weeks time, UFC Liverpool. You're fighting Gillian Robertson. I was like, honestly, in my belly, like, we've got this famous saying, like, my ass fell out of me. Like, I was just <laughs> like, oh. I was like, I was crying because I was so happy. But in the same breath, I was like, what's 170? What's fe uh, lightweight? 155? Mm -hmm. That's 155 pounds. Fighting at, 25? fighting at 25. Fat. Not like, I'm probably 140 now in shape. Yeah. Like, I was fat. I was fat. I was. I had got to the top, the elite part right. of the sport off this. Like, right. it was like proper Irish fighting, like a Guinness <clears throat> fight, a Guinness fight. And I fought a girl called Gillian Robertson. Now, she's got the most submission defense. So she's a tough matchup on a short notice. She's a tough matchup anyway. But I didn't know who she was. Right, stylistically, but on a short notice fight, that's even worse. That's a, that's a tough stylistic matchup. And it was one of them, if you don't take this now, the flyweight division's just being opened and... It, there's too many people in it, right. so 
you're not going to get in this for a couple of years. And I was thinking, I'm 27. Or I was 28. I was 28. I was thinking, I haven't got time to to burn. And like, if we go back to the story of me, it's like, well, whatever I touch, if I believe I can conceive and I can make this happen. So I'm walking out and I'm thinking I am the effing nuts. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yes, everyone's screaming for me. And I just, inside, I thought, I'm coming. And it was that thing of this girl is like, she is jujitsu, like she is a human backpack. She's Damien Meyer of women's right. MMA. If she gets you, it is good night Vienna. But if she doesn't, you're gonna you you'll get the win. Like if she can't grip you, you'll right. be okay. So I know if she takes me down, she's she will submit me. But I know if I land a shot, I'm gonna knock her out. So first round comes the chance, Molly, Molly, Molly. I'm like that, yes. So she's running at me. I'm hitting her with like a three piece spinning off. So I'm not going back in a straight line. Levels low, not giving her anything. She took me down with a minute to go of the round and I was fine. I was good. She elbowed me and cut my eye. So it's the first time I've had to face any adversity in a fight to that magnitude. And with that pressure of the UFC, like, like, I'm not sure if Lucas feels pressure, but there's a pressure between b- being on a regional show and being on Bellator. Sure. There's a pressure, oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, and you'll know from when you've been on regional shows and then you was going out and then performing at the highest level. And when I was in the corner, I've watched the fight back a million times and I can see normally when I receive information, I take a drink, Paul tells me something, I go, She's like, keep doing this, that, and that, that's working, isn't it? He goes, yeah, yeah, why don't you just add this a little bit more and then you'll get the finish. And I was going, did they win the round? Like, what happened, what happened? And I was like, I, I can't help me out. And in that moment, when I watch it, I go, oh, I effed it there. Absolutely, like, my uh, head had gone. lost right there. Yeah, I, I, I can see my head's gone. Yeah. And when I've come out, the crowds were still very much for me. Like, every time Gillian came for me, and got me the second I disengaged. I mean, she got like a body lock. I stripped it and ran, and she's running, and I got away. And you can hear the whole crowd go, oh, "Yes!" You know, because I got away from it. Right. And then she switched on something to do a lot. Stepped in with a right hook, and she pulled guard on a single. And I had just never had that done to me in MMA. Now, if I had invested a lot more time in jujitsu, right. I would have been, yeah, whatever. Do you know what I mean? But at that point of time, I had got from walking into his gym to being a world champion to being in the UFC. I thought I had it all down, and I absolutely didn't. So got put in a rear naked choke, and she switched it to a short choke. And I just thought, I'm always going to go out on my shield when I can. If it's an armbar, a knee bar, a kimura, I'm going to tap, but on a choke. So I'm like, I'm out. Like my eyes were open and the choke was on and I was out for about six seconds before the ref called it. And like, I was like giving it all that, do you know what I mean? Like the crowd was in bits, like, and then I got up and I've opened my eyes, Chris, and I was going to the Dominican Republic the next week on vacation and I've opened my eyes. Do you think you're already there? I went, are we in Barbados? Because the lights (laughs) was hot. The, the the grain of the canvas felt like sand and I'd never been asleep, do you know what I mean? And then I've woke up and then I'm lying there and I'm looking and you know when like the arenas, in, even at Bellator in the UFC, it's like lights up and it was like UFC, Liverpool. Right. And I was like, oh, has the UFC come to Liverpool? And then I looked <laughs> and I was like, 
oh my god I'm fighting and then and then if you can imagine your first loss it's like you've just been like someone's ranking told you your parents died it's like <gasps> and I was like no one has taught me to face this yeah I like losing's not in my vocabulary like what and then I just remember holding Paul's finger like he was like my dad and I was like I didn't tap I didn't tap she said, I don't know, darling. I said, I'm so sorry I didn't tap. And I was just crying to him. I'm so sorry I've let you down, blah, blah, And he just took me into that room. I was just holding me. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. And that was like the biggest lesson of my life. So I said to Paul, I don't want to feel like that again. So how do we change this? So I, I said, a hundred days of jujitsu. I, I gave my gloves away. Gave me mouthpiece away. Shin guards. I'm not doing that no more not doing that no more every day jiu-jitsu every morning jiu-jitsu every night would go to different countries and take part in jiu-jitsu tournaments on my own hood up no one knew it was me my name got called let's go killed everyone on the mat guillotine 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 i just i tried to see in the style in our gym who i was most like and it was like chris fishgold yeah. very wrestling based very scrambly and i just thought right i've got that if I need to advance from that, then I will, but I'm just going to work on that for a bit. And then Paul said, you're not fighting again until you can tap a black belt and not get submitted by one. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> Here we go. So I got beat in May. In December, we had King of the Mat. And me and I'm, I, I didn't think I was allowed to do it because I think I was a bit injured. So me and Adam Ventry has gone to the pub and we're like, for oh, we're just because it's the Christmas night out. Right. Everyone's going on, going for a party. We'll just have a beer or two. So we sat there, and then I've come in. Rosie Sexton's walked in, Paddy's walked in, Chris Fishgold's walked in. And they was all getting the black belts off Paul. His first ever black belt he's given. Right. So he was like this, and he goes, Molly, get your kit on. Like my face is bright red from the beer. I'm like, what? And he's gone, you're rolling. Come on, Rosie's in. I'm like just about a blue belt but I'm like all right so I've put all this graft in go and show them go and show them so you know when you're king of the mat everyone will start with a similar weight to, right. with each other but I was like can't I have Sophie Keenan she's like only purple he's like no 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 so anyway me and Rosie sex them roll for 50 minutes 55 50 zero. minutes wow. king of the mat there's four of us left me and Rosie back and forth back and forth back and forth snap Rosie down and spin into a bulldog choke and sift through and I mean do you know when you've got nothing left and I was just thinking I can't let this go bear in mind she's just got a black belt and I was just squeezing and I felt like she was just like I'm don't care like right. you've got me and then I was like oh. and then I can't remember if you remember Paul Webb but he oh, yeah. just ratted like this guy was like 200 and what 40 pounds easy easy, easy. <laughs> he's just come and picked me up and just done that i was like you <laughs> and um, and at the end of the king of the mass paul rimmer went molly and then he just went here's your purple belt give me my belt and then he was like mate you're allowed to fight again four months later was ufc london got me first win in the ufc got a broken orbital bone in the last fight last round of the fight and again had to fight through that adversity like broken bone eye bulging you know yeah. even if you cough your eyeball could oh, yeah. come out here like oh, yeah. and i just showed loads of heart took her down nearly got this arm bar nearly got like the the fairy tale ending to that fight but 
it didn't come, but I still got my heroes moment and fighting through a broken orbital. Is that the fight where you got the takedown and you're like, I got to, I got to take that. I remember <laughs> yeah. I was watching, I was dying <laughs> yeah. laughing. Yeah. Because I, uh, you were proud, obviously, that you're, you used wrestling in your fight. Absolutely, because I just decided to be more MMA. And it's like, if we're going back 10 years, Chris, or even seven or six years, when people get to a professional level, sometimes they try and keep this the discipline of what they came to MMA in and make it work. Like if you look at Anthony Pettis, his taekwondo kicks is his thing. If you look at um, what's his name, Thompson, Wonder Boy from, oh, yeah. he keeps karate, yeah, and oh, he stays yeah. like that. So I'd always just relied on this when ultimately my aggression, my pressure, and my conditioning is what wins me fight. So start taking them down and I went on a free fight win streak and I I mean I just mixed boxing with wrestling so I punched them step back let them come in knee to the floor double like like I know you don't really do that in MMA but I was just getting that knee to the floor and, and letting it all come together sure. and then I feel like the evolution started and my martial arts game became a lot better and then COVID happened and then I got this fight with this girl called Talia Santos, and I thought, oh. She's a girl who I, so, so Valentina, one of my favorite female fighters. Yeah. I thought she, I thought Talia Santos beat her. I do, I Did do. Did you? Yeah. Like, I thought she beat her, and I was cheering Tip for it. Valentina, but yeah. it didn't, in my opinion, it didn't happen. Yeah, I remember going to Fight Island, and you can imagine when all this COVID stuff first happened, and. No She's one knows big. When, yeah, no one knows when they're getting paid again. So you just take a fight. Right. And we're a gym that has never turned a fight down. Right. You don't go, no. You just go, yeah, fine, okay. So I've got to the weigh-ins, Chris, and I've looked at it, and she's got nine-inch reach on me. And then I'm starting to, to look at her up and down. And this isn't me being salty, but you know when someone's juiced out of the yeah. mind? And I was like, oh, this is going to be a long night. Because for me to get in past that range and then if you clinch me it's going to be a tough night so i'm thinking right how am i going to win how am i going to win how am i going to win and then in this first round she kept soccer kicking me and i was like oh i haven't really felt that before like i've never seen someone kick with the toes just to to stab and just to take the wind out of my sails yeah and then the end of the first coming, I thought, I'm not taking any more of this. So I slipped a jab, and with everything in my arsenal, I threw this big overhand, and it completely split her eye. And I thought, I can finish this fight. It Like, if I can take her down, I know this sounds a bit mad, but, like, open that up, get into it, just be nasty, make the cut horrible. I'm going to win. The ref will stop it. But anyway, it probably went against me, because from that moment, she was like, no... And she got me in these positions where in the Gillian fight, I would have been submitted. But in this fight, she took me down off a body lock because she was just that much bigger and stronger on the floor. I was like, right, feet on hips, get the wizard pop up, got in, head position turned. And I was putting darses, I was got my back tucked, but I was always able to get out of it and pop back up. But I just wasn't expecting that fight and she got the win. And then I went home and I was like, Right, we've got to sort that out again, do you know what I mean? But it wasn't right. this time, it wasn't that my grappling wasn't good enough. Right. It was just like the game plan. MMA had evolved again, do you know what I mean? So yeah. we, we're always jiu-jitsu, MMA, grappling, striking. It always has this flow to just keep elevating and keep changing. And I was like, right, well, we've got to go back to work, do you know what I mean? And then 
we kind of got to a point where Paddy got signed to the UFC and were you there first? Yeah, so I had mm. <laughs> <laughs> I had six fights before in, he got there. Before he got there. And then he had arrived before he'd arrived. Like everyone in the world. Oh, absolutely. Uh, everyone I I believe that he had turned down He turned down the UFC twice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I had someone God, it's got to be eight or nine years ago that was a matchmaker for Bellator way back then that was offering me ten or $15,000 to get him or Chris to sign with them. I know. They're offering me the bonus to get them to sign. I was like, damn, they really want these guys. They are, like, I still say to Paul Rimmer, until I've submitted someone in the cage, I'm not next gen. He's like, what do you mean? I said, because... The culture, the ethos and everything that is about our gyms is that style of fighting. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So just for me, like, my bucket list, I'll be like, I will walk around like this once I've done that. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, I've been so close. Yeah. But what I've realised is women don't tap to, like, an arm bar. You've got to put it this way, this way, or triangle them, because they, they just, they just right. don't tap. So me and Paddy both got to fight in Vegas together. It was supposed to be London, but because of COVID, two weeks before it got pushed to Vegas, so we was a bit like- And it was in the 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 apex. apex. So real quick, sorry to interrupt. I I was so disappointed because I know the the pop that you guys bring, and I was like, they're really gonna debut them in the fucking apex of all the places? For Paddy to to be debuted in the apex. I was like, they're not getting the full effect of him, not not understanding. His walkout. Yeah. yeah, none of it. I remember saying to Paddy, like, I'm really sorry I'm on your debut. He's like, what? I said, I just want for you to have what I had. It's like, it's about you and it's not just us. And this is your moment to shine, lad. This is what you've worked for, do you know what right. I mean? But it probably worked even better because that was like the fight of my life. Like, I, I was told, like, I was the last fight in my contract. If I won, I was straight back into contention. If I lost, I was getting cut, do you know what I mean? Right. And I went out first, and one of our coaches got COVID, so I didn't. I only had, we only had two coaches because Paddy was on after me, so Adam Ventry had to warm Paddy up whilst Ellison Paul was with me. But luckily enough, my manager Graham was able to come in, um, and come in my corner, even though we didn't say nothing. It was just good to have the full team sure. here. And I fought a girl called Kim who had a 10 inch reach on me and I was just like a bull in a china shop. Head movement, just slipping outside of a shot and just nailing it. Um, I think I got two takedowns in there as well and she head butted me in the first round and it dropped me. And I knew when I was on the floor, Christian, you know, there's them moments in your life where you can go, I can be defeated right now and this is my out. So this is my moment of, There'd be no shame in, in just being like, Ugh. right? And I thought, not today, Molly McCann. You fucking get up. You get up. Not taking that out. I'm not taking now. Get up. And I literally took my time because if you can imagine, I'm on the floor, hit like, dove in on a door like to hide my head under here on a on a panic shot, and then she's starting to like punch the back of my head and elbow my spine, and and I think it was like three elbows. The ref didn't say nothing, and I just climbed in. I let it hear me, and I thought compose yourself here there's three three minutes left just compose yourself so it took me like a minute and a half to come back not take any damage sustain the wrestling and then the last minute i like spun it and then just started letting the strikes go and then that second and third round i just put a paste on it and she was like 
constantly going and then when I got that win I was like I've arrived because that was the performance of my life and then I went into the changing rooms so I was getting interviewed by a Megan Levy and Paddy's walking out and I remember and I was watching it on the monitor and the first round he was losing I, f I can't it didn't even go to the second Who was the first one it, uh, Ventramini so it's oh, when yeah, he yeah. finished them with strikes yeah. and I was watching him and I was thinking lost the first half of the first round yeah I was thinking you've done that because they haven't been and they're warming you up you've had to come in cold and then I've went Meg I'll be back in a minute like I'm like I've got ice on my hands because I've broken it I've got rosary beads around my neck and I've like run out and I'm like singing party like, and I'm getting the crowd going and like he's just got up and then he's just threw this flying knee and just spun at him and I remember when he's knocked him out I literally ran from the other side of the room and there's amazing video footage of me, Paul and Ellis, just like jumping on each other because before I walked out for that fight, I went, lad, we're going to go and shake up the world. He went, you know that, Mal. So I've gone and done my job, he's done his job and I just remember us all just in there together, just having this moment, doing the interviews. We went back to the hotel because we were in quarantine and we sat there Graham Boylan's recorded me and I've just got this phone call and he's gone in, you got fight of the night and I'm just crying my eyes out because at that moment it was like 22, 22. It's not a lot of amount. It's a lot of money, right? 44, but when you give 30% to America tax, you lose 20% to your British tax and then you give your percentage to your team. It's not a lot, do right. you know what I mean? And then I get this phone call and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be able to put a deposit down on a house here. And then we get another phone call and Paddy's got the bonus. And then I remember like, you've got like Henry Hooft coming, sitting with us, having a drink and uh, Jack Shaw, I think you really like his style of fighting because yep. he's very much like Lucas. They had won and we'd all done it together and we'd all come through Cage Warriors together. We'd, we'd, we'd done this and... All of Graham's, he was four of us of Graham's fighters as all one. And in that moment, I didn't realise the effect that we had in that moment. When we got back to Liverpool, nothing was ever the same again. Yeah. Nothing was ever the same again. It was mad. So I wanted to get to that. We actually talked for a, a split second about it in California. Mm -hmm. um, and I brought up just being seeing Peter Queeley's walkout in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And it's it's huge in Bellator mm -hmm. you and Patty is a whole different level yeah. and and it's how do you do you thrive off of it do you does it put a shit ton of pressure at the same time I must a little bit and and then you know Patty is larger than life you guys actually before we get to that how did you guys get so you know intertwined and in, in such a tight group or tight uh friendship I feel like coming up you come up at the same time and this isn't a disrespect to anyone else who came up with us but you could always rely on us to find a way to win right and to pull it out the bag somewhere do you know what i mean and yeah. paddy has been in position sometimes where he's like nearly been finished striking especially against like a rosa yeah. um but finds a way to always come through and i've kind of been the same and then we've also me and Paddy are the only people to win world titles in that echo in that Liverpool arena and then in the next fight lose. So he lost his world title whereas I lost in the UFC in that same arena. And I feel like when we've gone up and come low t at the same time, I was asking him, like, lad, I like every time I go to sleep, 
I'm waking up in that cage where I got put to sleep. I feel like I've embarrassed the city. I am I am struggling here. And he'd have conversations with me about how much it affects him, how much it, it destroys his soul. And then Paddy had a bit of a mad journey where he peaked very young, believed in the hype, then got beat and then realised his life really changed. Right. And he went from a little bit of a, like, divvy, some, like an idiot, to, like, becoming a, a man who I'm really proud to be associated. I was always proud of him, but sometimes he'd just be a, a tool. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And Because he was young and, and that's what you do, and I've probably been there as well, but the man I seen him grow into... It's like that's my mate. That's that's my mate. Look at that. Do you know what I mean? And then when we've come up together in the UFC, we are the only people who've gone from just being like known to like overnight your life. Ch- like, well, not the only people, but the only people we know, right? Who are dealing and going through the same thing at the same time, and it's hard. So then I think it made us do this a little bit more. Sure. And then we both. <clears throat> He got signed by Barstool after the fight we both had in September in the Apex. And then when we fought in London after my elbow, when I'm walking out of the cage, Robbie Fox, who works for Barstool, was like, Dave Portnoy says, welcome to Barstool. And I was <laughs> like, wow. So we're just getting a sponsorship deal just to be us. We, we can be ridiculed for being as honest and, and for being us. And sometimes we can be championed for that. And I feel like we know each other's boundaries. And you know, I think what the biggest thing is, I can't take Paddy's spotlight off Paddy and he can't take his off me because we're different sex. Right. We hit different, like, we stand the same side on terms of, like, political views and standing up for the man and for those who need a voice. And we both have our own charitable stuff where he does stuff for mental health. I do stuff to lower knife and gun crime and bring our community up through getting them full-time employment through MMA and boxing and we very much mirror each other and sometimes cross over and take it and then come back but I don't know we we can't there's no way to kind of steal the other shine and I think I think with Fishy and with him there was constant ego yeah, sure and it's only because they'd have been fighting for your say if you've come come over or you, they've come here they want your approval right. and then it would be the same every day with Paul and if one got paid more than the other if one more fight more emphatic than the other they would just always I don't know it's just the, the alpha male of the gym right. do you know what I mean yeah but, you guys all of a sudden were larger than life like yeah. it, it was a, a, um, a definitely like a team between the two of you you know yeah. and, and it's been awesome to watch like and I love that they cover it you know they they show you guys after I forget who won, but they showed you guys in the crowd, you know, right away. Was it, was uh, it so, during the Adesanya fight, maybe, or somebody? I forget I who it was. I, well, do you know, um, he, I won, and when I'm so they they show my elbow on the on the on the screen, yeah, and then they show Paddy and Paddy. It gives me look at them goosebumps. <laughs> it makes me really um, emotional to see like to watch him be that happy for me to win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, it proper makes me emotional. And then as I'm walking out, eh, I've gone to do the interviews and Dana's PA, Lene, or Renee, I forget which one it is. He's gone, no, you're coming to sit next to Dana. I've gone, what? Yeah, he wants you to sit there whilst Paddy's fighting. 
Dana's gone, there's a bottle of Howler Head Kid. So he's opened it for me and I'm like, that, yes. So I'm drinking the whiskey with him and then he wins. And then I'm going out of my mind. And then we're both allowed that moment. It was, it was a really iconic moment. I was allowed you got in, in the, the cage, cage, right? Yeah. And I then saw me that. and him are doing this victory thing. And it was like, <clears throat> there's never been two people on the same card who've been in the cage together at the same time. And there's never been a man and a woman of the same team in the cage at the same time. And in that moment, like our little next gen family just sat there. And when we're getting our pictures taken, we all just sat there for a minute. And we just realized what we had just done. And then we in, so that was the March. And then in the July, we've, we've done it again. Right. No one got a knockout. No one got a knockout. The cards was flat. I come out, elbow this girl again. Then Dana goes, go and do the walk with Paddy. And I'm like, oh my God. So my walkouts are special for me because the song that I walk out to is all about Liverpool. And it's like my city, my people, my heart, I've got a tattooed on me and it just gets me ready to kill. Paddy's is like an EDM concert. Like right. lights go off, everyone's wigs are out, lights are on. And I, uh, as Paddy's coming out for the walkout, he walks past me and I, I go, lad, I'm allowed to do the walkout with you. And he goes, nice one, Mal. And then we just walk <laughs> out as this fame. Dave Portnoy from Barstool's with us. And he's like this, because he doesn't know if he's adding more pressure to us. Right. He doesn't know. And I just grab him and I go, second round finish, don't worry, it's all good. We've walked out with him, din, 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 din. do you know what I mean? And then we sat there and then Paddy gets that finish again. And I don't know. I just feel like next generation is there sure do you know what i mean oh yeah but when you were saying about the walkout so yeah to get back to the walkout now Sorry. that um, there's no there's no fighters in the united states just because the united states isn't like that where they're behind one person so big and you guys like you could just be from ireland or from england and over there and people are going to scream and cheer for you yeah but you guys have it to a whole different level where the entire country is behind you. Yeah, like, do you know what's mad though, Chris? When I came to fight in MSG, I was getting ready to walk out to the weigh-ins and obviously all my family's Irish and I, I represent England and Ireland. And when I'm about to walk out, I thought, oh my God, she's from here. I'm going to get booed. So I thought, right, prep yourself to be booed off the stage. It was a hero's welcome. And I've walked on stage and I'm like on my tiptoes going, ah! And they can see what it means to me. Dana, Hunter, Sean, Mick, every, they're just looking and I think they thought, oh, wow. We're in the United States. Yeah. Whoa. Like we knew, but we didn't know. And then Evans walked out and got booed. And like there's the famous, like we're looking at each other. And I, I'm not like, I don't say anything bad, but I went, I thought this was your town. She went, it is. <laughs> I went, doesn't sound like it, love. And then I was just like that to the crowd. And then on the walkout again, MSG, Homer Boxing, my holy grail. Can't believe I'm there. And I just hear, din, 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 din. So the guitar instrumental for my walkout, I've looked up. There's Mexican, there's Mexican flags, there's Ireland flags, there's Puerto Rican flags. Everyone is singing my walkout tune. I was like that, oh my God. She walks in, she's got booed, and I was just like, this is universal now. Yeah. The song, the walkout is universal, but what I've learned is, if I'm erratic on the walkout and I'm, I'm like too much into my feelings, 
it becomes a fight and it doesn't I'm not right. I'm not like I'm just like bam, 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 bam. and then I realised that my last few fights take every bit of their energy and accept that invite that in the second to close that door I'm going to absolutely destroy you here whereas before I would have wasted so much energy on the walkout and I feel like Paddy it's like you've just jabbed him with energy it's like he takes it he's din 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 in and then I always think it's mad because Paul made mine and his nickname. But when we get into that cage, it changes from like the happy go lucky character to like the meatball is like, right? And the baddie is like, he does this thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I like I don't think it's false. I don't think it's a persona. But I think like for you to do damage on someone. You can't just be that normal person, do you know yeah. what I mean? And you have to, that switch is there. And I think the music is the initiation to taking you to that place to go and be a killer. So, so I say that to a lot of people, like if they're if you're in the sport, if you're doing the sport, something somewhere along the line yeah. has caused you to be able to mount someone and punch their brains out you know, know strange, to, when they turn over to choke the life out of them until they tap yeah you know to punch or kick or knee them in the face for sport you know yeah. for 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 money mm -hmm. and uh i use lucas as an example because he's a super normal kid yeah you know but he will squeeze the life out of you and, and knock your brains out you Absolutely. know and it's just he's like a snake isn't he, he just constricts yeah, him, yeah and and he had a, a extremely normal life you yeah. know coming up so i'm always like well, what is it? What, yeah. Where's his? Because I came up like crazy, fighting, trouble, you know, yeah. whatever, kind of kind of like you did. And uh, so I see guys like that that are actually just good at the sport yeah. and, and wonder He's how does that He's an athlete, click? though. I, I think, yeah. like, his meticulous ways of, like, of, of his plan, his, his future, his goals, he's just, like, mental level. He's, like, the rain man, do you know what I mean? He's, like, yeah. he, ju he just, like, sees it. Like, he can read Matrix code in real time. Yeah. That's, like, he, I, do you know, like, when Neo, when he, like, he sees everything in code, I yeah. really think that's, like, Lucas every day when he's on the mat or in, yeah. in the cage. He has a whiteboard at home during yeah, fight camp it. that looks I, yeah. just like that. I've I'm like, yep, I, I can't understand that, but you can. Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, when someone hasn't had... I'm a fighter because I've had to fight for breath and fight for life every single day. Paddy's a fighter because he walked in the gym and he's like, his family's actually athletes and all, like professional soccer players and all stuff like that. Like the genes are in him, but he's sure. just a little bit tapped. And then you've got <laughs> Lucas, who's the whole other end of the spectrum. Right. In terms of like, my job is to go in there and make this the easiest night of my life. I'm not getting paid for overtime. Good night. Thanks for the check. Bye. Right. But then, but like, when you've got these ends of the spectrums, like you were saying the other day, he's having to learn to do the podcasts, to do the talk. Ultimately, no one really wants to do these bits. Right. Do you know what I mean? But when That's you, why it took me a year to get you, you here. No, I'd do anything for you, Chris. But <laughs> when you're learning to do this bit, you, you, like, you have to understand that I wouldn't speak. I wouldn't want someone to waste an hour, 20 minutes, 50 minutes of their life of me chatting shit. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm if I'm speaking, I want to change someone's thought process, sure. change the day, or give them something for taking the time to listen. And I think Paddy's very much the same as that as well. And Lucas will be starting the transformation to do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's a thing, and 
we me and hit me and Paddy can sometimes go too much one way and Lucas could be too much the other way. And there's always finding a happy medium, but if you don't speak and you only leave your talents to do the talking and prize fighting, it won't work as well. Yeah. Olympic sport it will and, and to a certain degree it will like I don't know, but Demetrius Johnson didn't speak, he just let his um talent do the job and he will never be remembered for the for the fighter and yeah, for the goat that the, he is. He was also the least paid that, champion ever goat ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can have I don't know I don't know, I think I'm probably more higher paid than most people in my division. And I'm not I'm I'm one off ranked that again. But you put asses in the seat. But that, yeah, so Constantly. it's it's just fans and that the yeah. are you a fan favourite or are you the best? And can we put a bit of showbiz in there that doesn't take away your integrity and that doesn't make you false? Do you know what I mean? Because if you start acting, it's like everyone just goes, No, right. I'm like Colby Covington. No one likes you now, brother, because And it's obvious that he's acting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You guys seem extremely genuine and yeah. they just happen to say, Hey, Let's put a camera on these guys because they're, oh, yeah, but sometimes, they're hilarious. Yeah, sometimes you think, like, what are you going to get? Like, sometimes Paddy will just be, like, stoned like this or I'll be drunk and they're just like, this could be a TV series. <laughs> Pat, have you seen this? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So real quick before we wrap up, what do you, what do you, when you said your life was never the same after the, the fight and you went back, you know, how is it? How is it to deal with now? You know, like... I we we talked about it again the other day when I mentioned to you after the fight team training I was like Lucas spent hours the other night after his fight taking pictures signing autographs taking pictures signing autographs and I and and uh, Tyler was upstairs afterwards he goes yeah he goes I'm not, I don't ever look forward to that you yeah. know I was like but you know that is that is what it, as as boring and as whatever that is that is what it's all about and then no I said imagine that, imagine being yeah, yeah of course they don't yeah imagine being you you yeah. know is what I said and and. What is that like now compared to coming up without that at all? It's really hard because, say, me and Paddy came up not last September, this September before, and I think it took me a year to understand what was happening because every fight got higher and higher. The finishes got better and better, and the eyes got more and more. Like, imagine I woke up on fight day last July. London number two and Drake has put 2.8 million dollars on me and Paddy to win Champagne Poppy on Instagram Scouse Parlay here we go and I'm like oh, the Drake case oh my like yeah. and I'm thinking how the f does Drake know who I am and then I looked and he followed me and everything I was like when you see these like your peers like Misha Tate followed me one day do you know what I mean or like even like someone like Helen Morales or Morales or Morales, however mm -hmm. you say it in wrestling. Morales. When I've looked up to these women in sport and these men, Izzy Adesanya, Gilbert Baines, all these people who you look up to. I'm a fan first before sure. I'm a fighter, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm in the same breath of them as in terms of they'll engage with me and speak to me. Joanna Jan Jacek coming to find me. Hey, let's go for a drink later. I can't wait for you to fight. Let me know if you want to do any training. I'm just like, what? And for the first September till July, it was like overwhelming in terms of being tired all the time because you can never be off. Right. It's like, even in Texas, everywhere I go, I'm known. Yeah. And if you can imagine that, like on steroids, that's what it's like in Europe. Yeah. 
America's a bit more reserved, so they'll go, it's not like, give me this, I want this. I, I realised, Chris, you will have known this at the height of your notoriety, that people just want, can you teach me this, can you do me this, can you sign this, um, I need you to do this for charity. What do you mean you haven't got signed gloves? What? what, what? I'm yeah. like, sorry, I don't just have a library of gloves that I can just give out willy-nilly. Like, you might know me, but I'm not earning millions. Yes. And it took me... <clears throat> It was a long time for me to realise like I had nothing left. So come when we won three fights back to back, we was in Chicago and I was starting to break down and I was like, my central nervous system was through the floor. Like I was just that exhausted. Someone could look at me and I'd start crying. And it got to a point, I'm making this all sound like it's amazing. It wasn't Chris, like I was on my hands and knees not to ring with my mum and I was like, I've had consistent dreams about killing myself. Different ways in which that I'm gonna do that. That's not the Molly McCann that you see here today. That's not the Molly McCann, that, that's not cool. Do you know what I mean? But it just got too much. And I had to sit the team down and I had to say, I'm not Paddy. I can't deal with it the same way that he can. I'm gonna need help. So I had to see a bit, a bit of like wellness and well-being, mental stuff a bit of therapy, a bit of sports psychology, and just help me round out the fact that I can't please everyone. I can't say yes to everything. And I have to set my boundaries and, and me being full and having, like even just, you're the head of our of all of our gyms and you hold the greatest respect out of every, like we hold you up there. And old me, like when I was having a massage down there, would have been, you would have been like, right, we're ready. I'd be like, yeah, okay. But I'm like, no, Chris, no. Like I knew <laughs> I just needed 20 more minutes for me to be able to do this properly, to train and to be the best me. So sure. for me to create boundaries for myself without being rude, with being respectful and understanding how, that's not my alarm, and understanding just how to be. And it literally took me, when I lost that fight in November, come off social media and I was like that whole fight camp I was battling with all of this and that's not why I lost at all because that was the best camp of my life but I remember Chris when I was training I was perfectly fine and then when I wasn't training honestly I felt like if you can imagine the worst ever thing that's happened to you and when you're like when someone's died and you're like <gasps> that's how I was feeling I was living in a permanent state of fight or flight and I had to learn how to deal with that and now I have, it's a little bit easier. And I, I took two months out of the gym. So when I lost, didn't even go to Paddy's fight in December. Didn't go back to the gym till middle of January, nearly February. I was just like, can I still do what I need to do without being tapped in here? Because ultimately none of that is worth this. Sure. Um, like your mental <clears throat> well-being is everything. And when I, I was teaching the national, the English MMA Association, I was teaching our national team. And I was like, when I was teaching them, they made me smile and they made me happy. And then I remember saying at the end of the session when we was prepping for the world championships, I went, because of you today, I'm ready to be a fighter again. And I'll never forget that moment where I thought, not man up, but it's like, you're built to overcome this. You're built to be able to do anything you put your mind to just get back to it and then I don't know I don't I feel like this trip to America also I've never felt this happy for since all the fame and all the everything and I can't wait to just do MMA 
I'm fighting. It's probably I, a little bit of a break. You I mean, know, even though people know you, they're, you know. They're being so, do you mind having around? I was saying though, like, my boundaries today, for the first two days, I've just rolled with anyone who's wanted to roll. N- not really white belts, because in case they injure me. <laughs> but like, the, the big guys, the big the guys, the big guys I've rolled with and I thought, my body's taken a bit of damage now. So for me to be able to enjoy this trip also, it's about me getting positives, like, all week I hadn't submitted anyone because I've been getting mauled by big black belts and then going with people my my belt or my weight today and I'm subbing people it's like oh yeah I'm okay yeah, <laughs> I'm okay much better yeah so <clears throat> all in all I don't know it's it's a good life to live I, I, I do wake up and especially since we've been out here I thought how was a kid from Norris Green was in LA Be- Bellator Temecula Texas in the next gen sitting like i'm sitting on a mat and most people won't think like this but i was thinking i'm sitting on a mat of like 23 black belts here i am in the presence of this i'm getting to to speak to this and getting to learn these lessons and some people i don't know where people sometimes are entitled and just think they deserve that i don't ever think that i deserve that so when i get that i'm like ah, oh, do you know what i mean so i feel like my glass is overflowing at the minute and it's a nice place to be Let's end with that. Go on then, lad. Thank you very much. Make sure you watch, like, and subscribe his stuff. Or you get one of these. (laughs) Thank you, guys. It is all over. Just like that.